The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, Mike Campion here with Joe Cruz. This young man acquired Made Easy Cleaning Professionals in Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, October, end of October, 1st of November, 2022. We're recording this Jan- no, February 10th, about halfway, about a third of the way through February. So he's owned the couple, uh, November, December, Jan- three full months, basically three months and a, and a couple nickels or a couple of days there. And then he's been in our program for about a month and a half. So Really excited to hear your perspective. Let's start with pre-purchase. Um, I bought and sold some businesses and I had some very strong feelings in that pre-purchase deal. How did that show for you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was just really excited to uh, have an opportunity to make decisions myself and run a business. Been in corporate America for a while. I've got some exposure to different areas and, uh, you know, you're not always in control there. You're, you're really answering to somebody else. And I, I wanted that opportunity to make those decisions myself and, and do the driver. Um, cleaning businesses with the reoccurring revenue nature that was there was super attractive to me. Uh, one that I felt like I could step in and you know tomorrow wouldn't fall apart. I had a little bit of leeway to, to get up to speed and uh, was excited about what I could do to continue to grow it. Okay. That makes sense. So here's my favorite question. I'm dying just as a listener as well to hear your response. Every business I've bought, I had some very, or even started, but more so when I buy, I had some very definite and definitive beliefs about how it was going to feel when I bought it. And there's probably a time I've been more wrong in my life. I don't recall it. Like the reality of what happened and what I thought completely gone. Just want to know if I'm insane. What was Kind of what did you think it was going to be like? And what was it actually like? I'm dying to hear. Yeah. So I, I thought I could come in and take all these like big, uh, big private equity ideas and things that I'd seen in the past. I could come in and just flip it overnight. And this would be this huge machine that's just using automation and growing great. Uh, in reality, this is small business world. This is relationships. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know, especially on the marketing side. And it's not just a flip of the switch. You've got to be very pointed and it takes talent and skill. And uh, there's a lot of effort that goes into it. And it's small incremental gains that grow a business. So yeah, let me encourage the takeaway I would give from what I know and hearing what I just heard Joe say for you listeners who are like, well, I wasn't in private equity and I'm not buying, like none of this makes any sense to me or this isn't helpful. Um, very, com- we all have something, right? Whether we start a cleaning business or, or purchase it, we all come in with our skill sets and I think people are shocked. We literally have people that are like, I ran a hospitality division with a hundred cleaners for a hotel. And my biggest problem was when I bought a cleaning company hiring, like we think, cause that seems pretty translatable, right? Like I get, you're like, I was in private equity. I'll be dang the things that it takes to, um, you know, invest in larger businesses are completely different than the things it takes to get client. Like that, that's a pretty obvious, like I can see where some of that wouldn't translate. But even on the, I have a degree in, in accounting and my books are a mess, right? The the nuance when it comes to actually running a small business is wildly different than what you're going to learn in school or even managing uh, or leading a large business. And not that one's better or worse, it's just different. And if you think the skills are going to translate perfectly or close to perfectly, there's good opportunity you're going to be disappointed. Um, so 
That said, you're just such a great, unique story because most of the people we get um, have either they bought it a little earlier or they they'll talk to us before. So just like being, you're kind of a perfect opportunity of like, oh my gosh, I got to help this guy a month or two in. So you kind of knew something, right? It's not like you hadn't taken over and knew nothing, um, but you didn't come a year and a half after things had really taken a turn for the worse. But like, ah, same. Those are not as much fun. What were the big takeaways for people that aren't, you know, obviously going to be able to go through our program or get the help that we offer on a big thing, distill it down. What value can you give to folks that are either, let's just stick with people just buying a business. They're just taking over. They're considering buying a cleaning company. What, what did you learn? What can, what can you give to them? Do, do your due diligence, understand everything the best that you can. Um, you're never going to be a hundred percent and you have to be okay with that. But no matter what it is within the business, within the numbers, um, understand it and as much as you can, because there are still going to be gaps. So if you only do a uh, half effort on it, and then there's still additional gaps on there, that's when things can really go sideways. But the better you understand it, uh, more going into it when trying to buy a business or even trying to operate the day-to-day, uh, I try to understand everything I can inside and out, even if it's not me doing it every single day. Uh, when things break or things are upset, it allows, allows me as a business operator to, to pivot and manage those challenges much better. So funny you say that. So you, you're... I promise we didn't collude to make my point, but it sounds like exactly it. like, I don't know much about private equity, but I do. If, if you said, what's the big thing private equity do? I'd be like, due diligence. Like that's really all you do. And you're like, so I'm literally an expert at due diligence. I'm assuming, or have a way more experience than the average bear at a very high level. So we're like, well, good Lord, if I could do due diligence, you know, do, L, you know, leverage buyout or something, you get equity in a, at a hundred, hundred million dollar company. Yeah. I can figure out a sub, you know, a six figure deal. But even you were kind of lulled in. Was it because you, you thought it'd be too easy or what stopped you from doing what you're frankly probably really good at? I mean, I, this was the opportunity to go out on my own, right? You know, you talk about really heavily, heavily levered deals and people are bringing a million dollars of capital or millions of dollars of capital to the table. I don't have that myself, right? So I, I, have to, I have to have a conversation with my wife and say, hey, this is something I want to do. I'm going to take our money that we've earned together and I know you have zero interest in this. And this is for me. She right? was like, married to a pretty selfish. special lady, by the way. <laughs> yes. Like, right. You want to take money that we've earned and we've grown together. And, you know, we, I want to do something with it for me. Hopefully it pays off for the family. That's the goal. Right. But it's a risk for me. And so, uh, you know, that, that, that was why. I started looking at, at a much smaller deal was because it was something that I could do that uh, you know I could manage without without the need of significant investors. So let me again translate. I, mean, I love what Joe's saying because he's just given such great raw data, and I'll do my best to I don't want to say translate that, but give my thoughts on how that applies to our little corner of the universe. I have found that to be very true. The difference between let's play poker with chips that are just chips and aren't backed by money that we've earned, we can all go all in and be crazy. Like, you know, it's, it's a whole different kettle of fish than uh, let's play for money specifically. Let's play for nickels and quarters. All right. That changes things a little. I'm like, okay, let's, let's play with a substantial amount of your net worth. Even if you're a great poker player, the best poker player, as long as you're playing with money, you can lose. You're able to be the best poker player. But when you're playing with money, that's substantial really has, real world ramifications, I'm guessing. And that's why I'm not a poker player. Uh, most people, even if they've got the skills, they're unable to 
think straight. So what I hear Joe saying, and please correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth or twisting your words, Joe, is when it was other people's money and I was just a cog in the wheel, I could have a dispassionate thing and I could really look at it with some perspective. But when it came to my own money and my own risk and the stakes were higher for me, I don't say I let emotions get in the way, but emotions clouded or shaded how I, how I performed. Is that fair? Or am I mischaracterizing you? I don't know if emotions got in the way, or, but it's certainly, it makes you a lot more hesitant, mm-hmm. right? When that, when it's your money on the line, you are much more reserved and careful versus if it's not your money, it's a lot easier to say, like you said, all in, why not? So for better or worse, and I'm guessing there were some better and some worse, you were more hesitant, more patient, more, let's just slow our roll here a second before we go all in. Okay. So the big thing I hear you saying you learned is, hey, really check the numbers, know what you're getting into. As an operator now, give me, if you don't mind, the biggest mistake that you made. You're like, woo, if I could undo or redo or you know do that differently, I'd do it. And give me the biggest win of um, whether it's something discovered in the program with us working together or independently, I, I don't really care. Just give us the biggest, here's what, you know, learn, someone else learned from my mistake. You know, smart people learn from their mistakes. Smarter people learn from other people's mistakes. So give us the big swing and a miss that you you go back and maybe Clean Nation can learn from that. And then also if there's something you're like, wow, I was pretty impressed for my first, first rodeo. I got this right. Yeah. Yeah. So biggest swing and a miss was thinking that I could just come in and just change certain things overnight and that like, Hey, like it would just make things a lot better. No, the amount of time capital uh, it takes to do that. And then you don't even realize what you're breaking. Um, So certainly a miss there on on me coming in and thinking I could just make changes right away. Uh, So let me give a comment on that. I'll give Joe a a second to think through and make sure he's got his his best, uh, his best win. But having been on the selling end of several companies that were really doing well when we sold it. And a couple of them, the new owner didn't do well with, um, frankly. It was heartbreaking to see the new guy who just paid me seven figures for my experience of here's how to make this thing. You know, Here's a little machine I sold you and I know how to run it. And effectively, he could have built his own machine for a lot less money. I thought he was paying me for the instructions on how to run the machine, right? Like, I will help you with that. And uh, both guys, and very smart guys, very successful. These are not dumb guys, right? That they weren't dummies that inherited the money. They'd earned it and they were smart. Told them exactly what to do and exactly how to do it. And, you know, I don't want my pride to get in the way. I totally get it. They bought it. And three, six, nine months later after they kind of, what I would have done or hoped I would have done was just as long as it was not illegal or unethical or immoral, just do what the other guy just spent millions of dollars to tell me how to do the damn thing. Do what he said see why it worked or didn't work, and then kind of do something different. They immediately said, I'm going to do something different. I've got it. And I just was like, and I literally told them, if you do this, you will get that. And they did this and that happened. And it was pulling my hair out. And it sucks. So on one hand, I'm like, well, the check's cleared. On the other hand, I'm like, I spent all my time building this beautiful thing. And I sold it in good faith, helping you make it better. Um, so I can just attest that Joe is not unique in that. That is, from my experience, very common that the new guy, and again, Joe's bright. It's not like he's dumb. And maybe he's even brighter than the other guy. And frankly, the guy that bought my last was had a ton more money than I am. So he was really successful. He was not, but in that little universe of the, you know, I know doctors that can, you know, fix people's brains by cutting their head open, can't tie their freaking shoes or bounce or checking out, right? So you've got to make sure that we give credit where credit's due. And again, I, I had a cleaning business sell Joe. I'd be like, Joe, you should listen. I know what I'm talking about. But if I was going to get into venture capital, guess what? I think I'm pretty damn smart. I'm going to listen to Joe because he's got some experience I don't have. So one takeaway is make sure 
Yeah, don't get too headstrong. It's good to be confident in your own ideas, but make sure we're clear on who the expert in that area is and listen to the expert in that area. Um, or certainly don't pay the guy, whether it's a coach or a guy for his business, for his secret sauce and not use the secret sauce. Like, oh, I'm going to use a different recipe. Well, you could have done that for free. Why would you, pay, you know, don't pay a guy to, for a secret sauce and then tinker with it. Hey, new friend, love that you are here. If you want more Cleaning Nation, more us, you can check us out on YouTube. Similar content, you just get to see each other. It's totally free. Or if you want to say, hey, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, join our free Facebook group. We love hearing from you, Cleaning Nation. That's what makes it magic. Jump on, we'll see you there. Um, that said, what about the biggest swing and connect where you're just like, oh, I got this right, Cleaning Nation, follow follow my lead, my, my, my young two to four month lead. This worked great. <laughs> Uh, the biggest thing that that's worked super well for us actually was acknowledging my own shortfalls and knowing sales is not not my area. Mm-hmm. And so early on, right away, raised my hand, came to you, Mike, and said, "Hey, you know, want want to invest in getting better at sales?" And uh, since doing that, being in the program, uh, we, we've seen absolute turnaround, payoff. Uh, had much better conversations with our customers. We're having more frequent and better conversations with our customers. And the reason I say it's a big win is because. I mean, I could have sat around for six months, a year and, and struggled and, and tried to learn and get better. Um, but, you know, w- was willing to admit, hey, that's probably not the best routes can cost some money, but it's going to pay off. And it's, it's been a, a huge culture shift in our office. So Joe gave you one thing. If you don't mind, I'm going to unpack it. I really heard three key takeaways. I don't want y'all to miss Clean Nation. The first thing Joe kind of said assumptively, but don't assume it. It's you got you to gotta pay attention. He identified the hole. So I'm guessing if you ask enough people, there's an infinite amount of things. You get 100 entrepreneurs together and look at your business. You probably get 300 answers on what should Joe focus, focus on first. So correctly identifying where the, big, the lowest hanging fruit, the biggest opportunity, I think is the first win. Because if you, you know, if you get to be the best at X, but your company needs Y, you know, what have we really done? Second, um, and this is probably the hardest part I found for humans, both as a coach, coaching other folks, and as an entrepreneur who's struggled with this himself, I tend to want to fix the things that I'm comfortable with, not the things that need to be done. So pretty mature of you, Joe. And again, you're like, yeah, because my own money, my wife's looking at me and like I had to be, I didn't have the, I didn't have the option not to be mature, but still pretty mature of you, Joe, to be easy if you're not good at sales, you're not comfortable sales, you don't like sales. To go, oh, that's not the problem. It's the numbers. You're like, I'm real good at numbers. I'm real comfortable there. But you go, well, I think you're more interested in growth and result than you were in feeling comfortable and doing what you wanted to do. So that I think is going to serve you very well. And the third thing is once you've got the humility to go, even though this isn't what I want to do, perhaps you didn't say that, but this isn't what I'd naturally be inclined to do. I'm going to do it anyway could have said, I'm a bright guy. I'll figure it out. And you are a bright guy. You probably could have figured it out. Maybe it takes a year, maybe 10, who knows? Um, but to go, well, screw that. I'm just going to find someone that's really good at that. And, you know, again, if I was going to get into um, venture capital, I might have a lot of money, but I don't know the first, I'm going to, I might talk to someone that has less money than me, but it's real good at venture capital. Um, I love that you're like, A, I'm going to do what needs to be done, not what I'm comfortable doing. And B, I'm going to find someone that knows more about this particular subject than me or more experienced in this and at least have, you know, at least have, hear what he has to say. Am I, is that a some good summary? Did I miss or add anything that, that wasn't part of it? No, no, you're dead on. You're dead on, right? Uh, you, 
they're growing pains, right? They're tough. You got to lean in and, and want to do it. And, uh, you know, when I looked at, it, okay, we'll go back to the venture capital. I knew how much it was going to cost to do it. And I figured there was, there was returns the more quickly that, that we perform well, it, that it'll actually pay back. Awesome. So at this point, I'm just going to, we'll end it with you. The floor is completely open. Um, you've been through our program. You know, you are part of our perfect target audience. So to the, the Joe Cruz out there, whether they already own a company or looking to buy one or just bought one, the floor is yours. Give value any way you see fit. Uh, you know, I just encourage everybody out there in Clean Nation to, uh, you know, take control of their business. Uh, if it's not giving you what you're looking for, understand what, what it is that you want and work towards it. Uh, don't, don't just accept, uh, you know, having to be out there cleaning every day, working countless hours, you know, don't, you, you, you are in control of your life. You just have to, you have to push yourself to do it. Don't be afraid. That's one of those things that sounds so obvious. It's almost dumb, but it's really genius. So what I heard Joe say was, if you don't like the life that you have, do something different, which is like, yeah. And the sun will come out tomorrow and the moon will come out tonight what we're just saying, obviously, thanks, Captain Obvious. But it's also like the real fat guy going, I, yeah, I know, eat less, work more. It's like, you're still fat, dude. <laughs> the knowing isn't the, the magic. So I can't encourage you enough. Um, one of the few things I don't like about this podcast is, or I love I, Clean Nation, you guys are great, but a lot of you tend to, was it binge, right? You just listen to 100 in a row or something, which is great. I love providing content. And I think what happens is afterwards you feel great and be like, that's great. I feel smart and good. And then you go back and do exactly the same thing you did before. And it's like, this is not the most entertaining show out there, right? If you just want entertainment, there's only about a thousand and nine podcasts you could, you could get that would have gotten you a lot more entertainment than this thing, you know, per minute. Um, so I love what Joe said. If you're not getting the results that you want, and even if that's cleaning or not wanting to clean or not making enough money or not having enough profit as opposed to just going, well, I tried or making excuses. It won't work in me or you don't understand. My situation is different. Be clear on what you want and then freaking go get it. I mean, I know it sounds too simple to be true or too good to be true. It's like, yeah, that's kind of it. And if guess what? If that doesn't work, then try again and do something different. If that doesn't work, do something different. And if you just are the guy to, or gal that's going, I'm going to keep trying until I get something that works, you'll be the guy or gal that either dies or succeeds. Either way, you only fail when you go, I guess this is my life now. Was that a complete wrangling your thing off the rails or is that the gist of what you're saying as well? No, you're, you're dead on Mike. Cool. I'm always worried. I'm going to put words into Joe's mouth. He's like, thanks Mike. I can speak for myself. That wasn't what I was trying to say. All right. Cleaning nation. Um, uh, you know, for 97% of y'all growing cleaning company.com 900 free podcasts, a uh, bunch of free content. Go check it out. i got a couple books on Amazon, lots of free stuff. Join our Facebook group. Enjoy for the probably less than 5% of you that have just bought a business or just about to buy a cleaning business. We probably get, I don't know, two to 10 of those a year that we work with. And, and they're my favorite. Um, it is my least favorite is Joe who didn't call or do something calls in a year and a half and things are a mess. He's like, I put all my net worth in this thing. Bob, Bob, can you save me those we can do, but it, it ain't as fun. Um, right at the beginning of let me just start this thing right is a ton of fun, not just for us, but for the clients, just it saves so much headache. You know, my my hopes and dreams for Joe is he's gonna go forward going, why is everyone bitch about this being a hard business? It's so simple. It's like, yeah, you just learned what to do right off the bat. You don't have to, you don't have to bang your head for 10 years. So if you are that five percent, um, I don't usually give out my email address, but 
we'll see how this goes. I mean, it's just Mike at growmycleaningcompany.com. It's not Fort Knox, but um, an invite to email me. If you were just about to buy a business or you just bought a business, email me at Mike at growmycleaningcompany.com. I'll do what I can to see if I can't help because um, I bought some businesses and I know how hard that first six months can be if you don't know what you're doing. I've sold some businesses and see people dismantle my babies right in front of my eyes. And that was painful. Um, so Mike at growmycleaningcompany.com for the 5% just bought or buying a cleaning company. Everyone else, growmycleaningcompany.com for all the content we get. It's awesome. Check it out. We'll see you there. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me. But like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing. Share with a friend. Share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me in the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431. 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now. 602-932-6431. Give me a text. Say hey. Can't wait to meet you.